prospects of the insurance industries are endless and run the whole gamut from sales, marketing, risk survey, and the writing and claims management. Away from insurance agriculture, now the Minister of the Sector, Dr. Ifriya says says government is committed to pursuing policies and programs aimed at increasing exports to help stabilize the city when the FX Development Committee was integrated by the Finance Ministry. This committee is expected to investigate the structural causes for the depreciation of the city and propose measures to address the situation. Dr. Ifriya says the program revealed that government has put in place measures to deal with the importation of rice and poultry. What is the role of agriculture in this? It has a lot to do to correct the imbalance. First of all, in terms of import substitution, that we spend over a billion dollars importing rice into this country, that we, we spend over $200 million a year to import chicken. And these are items that we can produce and produce. You heard Minister of Agric, Dr. Ifri Yakuto. Now, the sale of second-hand fridges is still a huge enterprise in the country, despite its ban since 2008. Ten years down the line, and Ghana remains a hub for second-hand appliances. In today's Business Journal, I engaged the Energy Commission on the way forward. United Nations estimates that up to 50 million tons of electronic waste is globally produced every year, and Ghana is one of the dumping sites. In 2008, the Energy Commission declared it is illegal to import old and inefficient fridges and air conditioners to cut energy use and pollution. However, this created an uproar, particularly among importers, as they believe the crackdown on e-waste will be a threat to their business. The Commission therefore gave traders some time to adjust before the regulations are enforced. Twelve years later, and the menace still prevails. I visited Kaneshi First Light, one of the popular spots for the sale of used appliances. Situated along the pedestrian walk were fridges in different sizes and brands. The traders admitted they are aware their wares are illegal, but explained they do so to provide consumers with original brands as they argue the brand new ones are inferior. Gilbert Sapong has been in the trade for over 15 years. You should be done when you send your fridge in the city my customers are not bothered about the energy efficiency labels because they know how quality second-hand appliances are once they are satisfied they spread the word and bring more customers if the refrigerators are banned then it's obvious that they're being smuggled how then does the energy commission intend to stop this Hubert Zan is the Energy Efficiency Inspector at the Commission, and he tells me that a new approach will be taken targeting the traders. We have been very, very strong about this. We have set our men at the port to work with customs, and so far close to about 30,000 refrigerators have been seized. So even though you see these things also in the market, the next step is to go to the market and do the seizure from there. Because if there is a source and somebody is getting it at the end, and you stop the end, you know, person from getting the source. The source will have nobody to supply. Well, despite the challenges with the enforcement of laws for fridges and air conditioners, the Millennium Development Authority intends to ban some 20 more appliances. 
but this can only be done by Parliament's approval. Sylvester Ayaye is with the Energy Efficiency and Demand Side Management Project. But then going forward, for these legislative instruments to be promulgated, we need Parliament. And this year being an election year, we need the support of Parliament to get the regulations through so that we can do the enforcement properly. Otherwise, without that, we, we can't do the enforcement. The agenda to conserve energy must be seen as a collective effort. Remember, your choice of appliance, whether new or used, can go a long way to protect the environment. For Joy Business, Karin Dudu. On that note, we bring the business report at one to an end. And stories we brought to you, World Bank Group commits $570 million to Ghana's economic transformation and social initiative. And the National Insurance Commission launches a catch-them-young approach in increasing insurance penetration. And we brought you details on the launch of the basic insurance education in second cycle institutions. Many thanks for making time with us. My name is Karen Dodu. Up next, locker room with George Dujunia. I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? EcoBank, bro. With EcoBank mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amazon school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the EcoBank mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, Send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. EcoBank Mobile app has got it covered. EcoBank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the EcoBank way. EcoBank, the Pan African Bank. Super Hits Radio, Radio Joy 99.7. Good afternoon. May I have your attention for the following funeral announcements? Togbi Agbali III, Togbi Kelly III, Togbi Ahiable III. Togbi Eke the third, all of Blekusu. Togbi Dovo the fifth, Dufia of Adafianu. Mamasui the second of Adafianu. Togbi Ajabli, Anthony the fifth, divisional chief of Some Adafianu. Mama Ayabat the second, queen mother of Adafianu. Togbi Baku the fourth, Dufia of Denu. Togbi Tri. Togbi Benyo the seventh, Dufia of Adina. Mr. Gilbert Kojo Alifui Akra. Mr. Egbenyaga Alifui. Mr. Albert Koshi Alifui, Dr. Victor Alifui, all of Lome, Togo, the Consulate of Indonesia, the Parish Priest of Christ the King Catholic Church, Accra, the Noble Order of the Knights and Ladies of Marshall, regret to announce the death of their beloved, Frederick Yao Alifui, aged 72 years. There will be no wake. Filing past is on Friday, January 24, 2020, at 7 a.m. at the Christ the King Catholic Church, Cantonment, Accra. Burial Mass is on Friday, 24th January 2020 at 9 a.m. at the Christ the King Catholic Church, Cantonments, Accra. Interments will be a private burial. Final funeral rites immediately after Burial Mass at Waek Sechiasare Menako Hall near DVLA Head Office and opposite Parks and Gardens on the Switchback Road near Christ the King Catholic Church. Memorial and Thanksgiving Mass is on Sunday, 26th January 2020 at 8 a.m. at the Christ the King Catholic Church Cantonment Accra.
attire. Black on Friday, 24th January 2020. White with black on Sunday, 26th January 2020. Widow is Mrs. Adeline Alipui, alias Nimensa. Children, Michael Alipui, USA. Anne-Marie Alipui, Accra. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. One week observation. Opeyi Margaret Udro Nkrabia, Master Shepherd, St. Paul's Anglican Church, Jabin. Chief Mones, Berima Otribediaku II, Omahini of Setre Kwamang, Nana Kwachewa Menu, Queen Mother of Setre Kwamang, Nana Bonsu, Ediana Ebusa Pain, Nana Usuan Sant Tridom, Dadiaswa Bahine, Obapin Ama Bwahima Kwamang, Obapin Efia Anoa Kwamang, Mr. Kwame Ofori Kwamang, Widower Mr. P.E. Inkrabia Drabbing. And the entire Idiana family announces the sudden death of their beloved Opeyi Margaret Ojo Nkrabia, Master Shepherd St. Paul's Anglican Church, Jabin. The one-week activities are as follows. There will be a requiem mass at St. Paul's Anglican Church, Jabin Ashanti. Date, Saturday, 18th January, 2020. Time is 5.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. The one-week observation will be at the Anglican School Park, Jabin, from 6 a.m., to 6 p.m. All sympathizers are cordially invited to mourn with the family. End of a funeral announcements. Good afternoon. For all your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. The German Bundesliga joins the European domestic football fray after weeks off. And Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund resume the rivalry. And the header is on target. And just like that, who else? Robert Lewandowski. A fantastic header that puts Bayern in front. Robert Lewandowski's on the chase here and he's won that chase. Can he finish it? That will do it very nicely. And Bayern can start to celebrate. Arrive! Perfectly struck. The captain executing a textbook free kick to put Dortmund back on level terms. A great volley. Dortmund re-energised and revitalised look for strength to wrestle the Bundesliga title away from giant Bayern Munich. The Yellow Wall face Augsburg and Munich play Hertha Berlin. We have a preview ahead. In Italy, Juventus continue their charge to the title where we're looking to keep Antonio Conte's Inter Milan off. In Spain, Real Madrid clash with Sevilla in the La Liga's headliner with Barcelona facing Granada. In England, the old rivalry will be rekindled, not on its usually recognised scale, because of the imbalance, but it's very much anticipated. Played to Fabinho, Fabinho's ball into the penalty area, Manny's there! Liverpool do break through, mid the here, Matters there, Matters Here's another ball over the top, taken down brilliantly by Rashford. 3-0. There's no flag. Rashford.
Firmino, oh no, Shakiri again deflected, goal, 3-1 Liverpool, Shakiri scored twice. League leaders Liverpool welcome the struggling and inconsistent Manchester United to Anfield. United need three points badly. Liverpool are chasing the records. Failing champions Manchester City face Crystal Palace. Newcastle face Chelsea. Arsenal up against Sheffield. And Watford welcome Spurs to complete the top six fixtures. Special preview ahead. Also coming up. Emmanuel with the shot. Sonny Akuba gets up the goal there for Kumasiya Satic on the goal. It's a redeeming goal. But oh, he had the Barbados one stadium. And Sonny Akuba, the unlikely hero. Complexion of this game, right back, Christopher Boni. He's got excellent dribble and he's got has a fork have leveled. They are back in this game. Maybe. Lovely touch by Maxwell Barker with the ball. Oh, it's a good looking ball. Dazzling shot. Great vision. Two goals to nil. The Ghana Premier League bends into match day five with top guns in need of maximum points on offer as Sante Kotoko desperately look to bounce back to winning ways after two defeats in a row. And Hearts of Oak look to climb high on the table. Analysis ahead. Head to our Facebook page, joy slash 99.7. Our WhatsApp line, 0244-340-437. Or tweet at us at joysportsgh in reacting to our questions of the day. We'll be in Melbourne to preview the first Grand Slam of the year amidst the fires and crazy temperatures. It's time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Ardo Jr. and welcome to Preview Friday. So this is a sound of Preview Friday and great to have you all logged on to Joy 99.7 FM and on the locker room. So let's hear from you on our WhatsApp line 244 as well. You can send us your messages on our Facebook page Joy slash 99.7 and well, you can tweet us at Joy Sports GH if you are on Twitter. It's great stuff coming up this afternoon. We'll talk about uh, transfers. They've gone on in your clubs. We'll talk about the games to look forward to. A quick reminder again that on Sunday we have live commentary in the English Premier League game involving Liverpool and Manchester City. But we have to start it all right here, though, with the Ghana Premier League. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. with the shot. It's the redeeming goal. But oh, he had the Barbados one stadium. And Sonny Akuba, the unlikely hero. Complexion of this game, right back, Christopher Boni. He's got excellent dribble and he's got. Has the fuck have leveled. They are back in this game. Maybe. Lovely touch by Maxwell Barker with the ball. Oh, it's a good looking ball. Dazzling shot. Great vision. Two goals to nil. So let's do the Ghana Premier League next. And we know Premier League giants are Santa Cotico up here the neediest this weekend. And really looking for three points in the upcoming fixtures on match day five. After back-to-back defeats, a fine and punishment of playing five home games behind closed doors, Max Okunedu's side will love to prove their mettle when they play against the Busuan Drops. 
Well, hearts evoke after the initial slip are looking forward to climbing high at the table. Midyama and Breakroom Chelsea seem to be in cruise control. So, nine games, 27 points available. Let's get into the analysis and my colleague Benedict Ousu joins me in studio. Thank you very much, Benedict, for your time. And let's start with Kumasi Asante Kotoko, who have had a torrid time on and off the pitch. They face dwarfs who have had everything bad happening to them already. Is this the kind of fixture, though, Kumasi Asante Kotoko need at this time? Well, George, I, I strongly believe this is a fixture they need. No disrespect to Obisoyan boss, but with everything that has been going on, uh, with them losing back-to-back and currently pleading uh, to have their punishment reduced, I think they, they would want to take advantage of this uh, to revive their campaign. Uh, they, they will play this game in an empty stadium, and this is something uh, you never wish for if you're a player. So I know how uh, they, they will be feeling in terms of the players, but Dwarfs uh, have had their own problems uh, with defeat upon defeat. So Asante Kodoko uh, would want to take advantage of that. But with the current performance of uh, Masokunodi's team, uh, I would not be surprised should Dwarfs get something out of uh, this game. But I still maintain Kodoko are favourites to win. Benedict, Hearts of Oak seem to be on the ascendancy shortly. A win against the Wusuad Dwarfs followed up by that very, very important draw against Wafa in Sogakope. What's working out for Coach Odum at the moment? Uh, they, they really needed this revival because of how badly uh, they started winning at home to uh, Dwarfs and going away to draw Wafa for me is big for Coach Edum, uh, Odum uh, and the boys. Now, uh, they've improved and we realize that uh, Odum uh, has made a lot of changes. Now, Kofikoji uh, gets to start ahead of Bernard Arthur. Uh, Denchi now gets a look in and his performances in the last two uh, games have been uh, phenomenal for me. Uh, so generally, the players and the technical team have realized uh, what was going wrong and quickly uh, getting things done. They, they, they had to get things going uh, to bring the fans back to the team uh, as they prepare for their match this game against Asante Kotoko. You know, normally, uh, when, when you, you prepare for such a game, you have to go all out and get something uh, in terms of the confidence going into a game of that nature. So I think that all is uh, due to uh, that preparation they are doing going into that game against Kumasi Asante Kotoko on March the 6th. Benedict Midiama were tipped by many to deliver and have hardly gone away from that. The surprise package at the moment, though, is Brickroom Chelsea. Now they beat Hart, Savok and Kumasiya Sante Kodokwan Dreams FC already and are yet to concede a goal. What's sticking for Brickroom Chelsea? I'm not really surprised with Brickroom Chelsea's performance. I mean, after watching them in the first game at the Accra Stadium, the game they defeated Accra to folk by a goal to null, I said to myself, this is a team that will go far in this season's league. They, they are very organised and have some quality players in the team. They, they currently have the best centre-back in Ahmed Adams and Zakaria Fuseni. Uh, they've been able to establish their identity and I think that is working for them. If they should keep it this way, they'll be a force to work on with them. Uh, I, I think that everything is working well for them at this point. Benedict, there's some crunch size to come as well. That's into allies up against Wafa, Liberty Professionals up against Accra Hearts of Oak. Adriano Stars will face Legon Cities and Ken Faisal up against Carella. Which stories will you be chasing? Uh, well, this weekend I'll be looking out for the Liberty Hearts game. It will be interesting to see how Liberty uh, was set up after the away win in Cape Coast. You know, they, they, they had to come from a goal down to win that game and the performance was great. It was massive for the side. Uh, Coach uh, Oklu is doing something right with the side and playing Hearts in Nansuban should be tasty. I remember this will be the last game for Hearts uh, before their super clash with Asante Kodoko. So I'm certain uh, they'll go into the game knowing very well a win will help in terms of their confidence going into that game against Asante Kodoko. And also, uh, Kim Faisal recorded their first win in midweek. And with Kaela losing away to 
across with Olympics, which happened to be Olympics' uh, first victory of the season. I think they will try to get a win uh, to bounce back to winning way. So I'll be looking out for that one as well. It will be it will be a good weekend uh, with all the matches uh, that are going to be played in the Ghana Premier League. And wherever you are, you just have to make it a point to be at the venue to see a game. Benedict Wusu, thank you very much uh, for your time right on the show. We'll be looking forward to the rest of the fixtures. Yes, March Day 5 of the Ghana Premier League. And I don't need to remind you that we've got a huge March Day 6 fixture coming up between Kamasia Santa Cruz and Crown Hearts of Oak. That's the uh, first edition of a super class here in Ghana. And you always know that Joy from becoming away with live commentary on that. So, uh, the male football, of course, the Ghana Premier League is right there, March Day 5. Uh, the female league, I'm talking about the women's league. Ghana women's league is on, you know, this weekend. They are just starting things up. There's more in terms of preview on our subsequent uh, what shows here on the radio and also the Joy News channel on Malta TV. I mean, you have to check us out at the Sports Review tomorrow morning. Now, though, let's go for a report. Uh, my colleague Susan Owusu has put it together. 16 teams will battle for the ultimate prize and the bragging right that comes with being Ghanaian Women's League champions. The 16 clubs have been grouped into two sectors of eight each. In the northern sector, holders and Pemdakua will get their campaign underway at home against Ashtown ladies. Fabulous ladies will welcome Pelpia ladies. Northern ladies will lock horns with high-flying Kumasi Sports Academy as praising ladies wrap up the first day matches in the northern division against Supreme ladies. In the southern sector, a tough contest is expected when NC competition champions Hazakes ladies face off with Samaria ladies. Immigration ladies battle soccer intellectuals while police ladies begin their campaign against lady strikers. Sea Lions will face Halifax ladies, a side coached by Black Queens head coach Mercy Tego. Well, that should be a big one to look forward to. And I have to remind you, though, that uh, the Samara ladies and Hazakas ladies game is off. Uh, it's been postponed. We'll see that on Monday. So you'll keep your tops on that. But there's definitely more to come uh, with respect to women's football here on Joy 99.7 FM. Hey, how you doing? There's Liverpool versus Manchester United. So send us your messages. What do you think? Is it going to be a thrashing by Liverpool or Manchester United? Are going to try and do one over the rivals. They've only team to have taken points off, um, you know, Liverpool. And the thing, again, is that under Klopp's regime, aside everything good he has done, he's not been able to quite hand Manchester United a footballing lesson with all that happened on Sunday in the Premier League. More to come on that. But now we have to talk about the Bundesliga. Yes, we know it returns this weekend after the break. Oh yes, the Bundesliga returns this weekend with intensity 
And game start tonight will be on till Sunday. And remember, they'll be played in which the winter champion, Leipzig. If the Bundesliga ended, you know, in Christmas, then Leipzig were going there. It's, it's a huge surprise to see them right in there. The surprising point is we'll be playing on Saturday at home against Berlin Union. And they'll be having the aim of demonstrating that the Christmas break will not cut its good moment. So let's get a bit of analysis right now from German football journalist Chris Harrington joins me on the line. Thank you very much, Chris, for your time. Shall we talk about Leipzig then, who are top of the table at the moment? The question, though, for you is, can they see this through? Yeah, brother, it's always good to be on the airwaves with you. So let's get right to it. How good have Leipzig been? I mean, come on, they've been remarkable. Tight at the back. You know, Timo Van is having, you know, an incredibly insane season offensively. You know, just trailing Robert Lewandowski on the, on the uh, score sheet, you know, uh, in the first half of the season. Only two losses. I mean, when you look at Leipzig, the way they matched up against the big dogs, you know, they, they, they drew against some of the top teams. They lost to Freiburg. Freiburg was a team that was in the top half of the table for a short stint, but then they slowly started dropping. They lost to Schalke also. And they lost that one by two goals. That was earlier in the season. I think it was might have been match day uh, six or seven. You know, but outside of that, the way they ended the first half of the season was on fire, basically. You know, um, no losses finishing really strong and they wanted it more they wanted the top of the table at least in the first half more than Gladbach because Gladbach even with the loss still had it and then it slipped through their fingers you know I think what Julian Nagelsmann has been doing at the club has been remarkable and I expect them to be in the conversation come the uh, tail end of the season I I don't see why they wouldn't be you know the only thing that 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 concerns me is how good are they going to be if Timo Vanna something happens to him because Yusef Posen has not been as productive offensively as he was last season. So, you know, without Timo Vanna, you know, bringing his A game to the pitch every single match, I think it'll be tougher for Leipzig. You know, it'll be a lot tougher for Leipzig. You know, but this could be their season, you know, to uh, shock and awe. Um, I don't have them winning it, you know, but um, I do expect them to, you know, return to the Champions League, you know, without a doubt. Well, of course, uh, we expect a lot of that to be happening. But, you know, Chris, let's talk about uh, champions Bayern Munich. And for most, they may find a way winning this in the end. But critically, where they find themselves is not really good. And if it goes on like that, it could be a problem. Look, they have been off the pace. Do they have or can they find a way back, Chris? I pick Bayern to repeat as champions. They are the record champions. They have the most depth. They're basically an all-star team. Even some of the players that are barely getting opportunities to play, like a la uh, Leon Goretzka, Perisic, you know, uh, a few players. Um, and they have injury concerns right now, but uh, good news, Serge Gnabry, you know, could be back sooner than expected, you know, and obviously they need him to be successful. I think for them just to, to uh, repeat as champions, they need to stay the course and just take every match, you know, the way they do, like they are the champions. They've had some slip-ups here and there. Losing in Munich is huge. I mean, they lost in Munich. I, I, you know, I think they understand that. You know, Hansi Flick, the new man in charge. I know, you know, from inside information, obviously, he, he's, a, he's a people's person. You know, he can really talk and, 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 and relate to many different players on the team. And I think that they'll be strong. You know, while this transfer window's open, maybe they get some help offensively and defensively because they can use a little added depth. I even heard that they might still swoop in and try to get Leroy Sané. I don't know, 
you know, how solid, the, you know, that information is, but it, it still remains to be seen. But um, all in all, with Lewandowski being in the form he, he's in, and, and, and Manuel Neuer, you know, probably going to improve his play, you know, with the arrival of uh, Nubil coming in the summer, I, I expect Bayern to repeat. Well, Chris, let's just stick with that and talk about Borussia Dortmund. I feel they were hoping to right the wrongs of last season. That's what everybody expected them to do, really. But they have not been able to do that. It looks like the year has not been as smooth as they expected it to be. We've, we have just entered another new year, and we are yet to find out what they can do. What do you make of the Dortmund challenge so far? Dortmund is a lot to digest mentally, okay, and emotionally. You know, because Dortmund is a team that has all of the talent in the world, but they somehow disappoint you. And, you know, there were all of, all of these things about mentality, mentality, mentality. And, 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 and I think that there is some truth to that. Their, their mentality isn't right. They need to get their mind frame on what they really want. And I'm assuming they want to win. You know, um, we have to see what this new addition does up front in uh, Holland. Uh, you know, we have to see, what, you know, we do know he put up big numbers at, at, uh, at Red Bull uh, Salzburg. But that's a different league. You know, um, I mentioned this before, and I'll say it again. Like, for him to be compared to Lewandowski is a huge compliment, but also there's lots of pressure with that because they expect expect him to come in, whether it's from starting out the gate or coming in off the bench, to be instant offense. You know, we saw where Paco Alcázar, you know, uh, was doing that, providing that, that, that uh, weapon for Dortmund, but then he kind of faded away. Like, you know, and Dortmund are even, you know... Uh, considering shopping him you know that's why they bring in holland but <clears throat> uh, you know hopefully the egos don't get too big with dortmund because you know jane sancho is forever in, in the news uh, you know with uh, transfer rumors and so forth that's hurt that club before in the past you know i really hope that Mats hummels and marco royce can somehow figure out how to corral that locker room and get them on the right page because it's a team that often disappoints. They look really good, then they just look really sorry sometimes. That's just a fact. And it is a disappointment. You know, um, they are better than that. And they've had some disappointments and upsets. You know, I do think they'll be in the Champions League. But, you know, just looking at their history, as we know, history has a habit of repeating itself. <laughs> and Dortmund has not let us down in that category at all. So I'm not overly optimistic about Dortmund's chances in winning something, you know, but I do think they'll still be up in the top four. Chairman football journalist Chris Harrington, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to the action. Yes, Bayern Munich up against Hertha Berlin. We'll see how all that goes. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. On preview Friday, now time to find out what there is in terms of the English Premier League and the games to come this weekend. As usual, the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett. Enjoy this, and we're back with more.
Thanks, John, for your time this weekend. And the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon next year will take place in January after the CAF Executive Committee met to move the tournament from June. Well, the Premier League has been on the receiving end when players have to leave for at least six games. How have Premier League clubs been taking the news? It's fair to say that Premier League clubs are not happy at all with this. Uh, I was looking through the list of players. It would be, if, if the Africa Cup of Nations was happening this month, it would be 30 players who would be called up, probably. Uh, Liverpool, of course, would lose Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Naby Keita. Aston Villa would lose four players. Uh, Brighton, for example, would lose three players. He, uh, Crystal Palace would lose four players. It's going to cause a lot of disruption to the Premier League season. Uh, next season and I think it's going to have a big impact on the transfer market as well in terms of who's going to go where for for example Wilfred Zahar will it stop him getting a move to a big club when the big club knows that they'll miss Wilfred Zahar for six to eight weeks because he'll be off playing for Ivory Coast at the Africa Cup of Nations however I have mixed feelings about this myself because you know of course I'm looking at it from a European perspective but it's an African tournament Africa Cup of Nations It should be the African footballers, the African football governing bodies who make these decisions for the best tournament. And if you want the best tournament, you have it in the best weather conditions, which is January, February. You have it when the players are at their peak, which is January, February, rather than June, July, when the players are tired. So I can see it from that perspective as well. But in terms of the European perspective and the club football perspective, this is going to cause a lot of disruption next year. Let's continue, John, with strikers who will be missing one way or the other. United's Marcus Rashford was risked and backfired in the FA Cup. Harry Kane is still missing for Spurs through injury. Arsenal's Per-Merrick Aubameyang has been handed a two-match ban following the petulant tackle in the game. So, which of these three will be badly affected this weekend? Well, I think your fantasy football team will be badly affected, and mine as well. We're going to have to make some big changes, I think, over the next couple of days. Uh, Marcus Rashford, I think, is huge for Manchester United. So, you know, they'll be desperate for him to, to play some part in that game with his back injury. Even if he does play, though, it, you know, you, you think that it, it could cause a problem for him. He won't be fully fit. Harry Kane, a huge miss for Tottenham. Yes, they can play Hyung Song Min there. And yes, they can play Lucas Moura there. But when the ball's delivered into the box, you, you want Harry Kane to, to, to turn a half chance into a great chance. He's the type of striker who can get you a goal in those key periods during a game uh, and he's one of the best strikers in the world so that's a huge miss for Tottenham who have had problems with injuries Aubameyang I think is a big miss I think he is the best striker at Arsenal but they've got Alexandre Lacazette who can who can step up and I, and I think the biggest miss for me will probably be Harry Kane for Tottenham and that's why you, you'd think that they will sign someone in this January transfer window they've been linked with Christoph Piontek at AC Milan but he played really well this week for AC Milan in the Cup. So whether they'll be able to make that deal happen, I, I have my doubts. So Tottenham are in a, a bit of trouble at the moment. John Liverpool are threatening to go and beat you the whole season, but are up against their boogie side in Manchester United. Why have Liverpool failed to take advantage of United's wobbly form any time they meet? And will the script be repeated or there's a good chance of a thrashing at Anfield? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I think Manchester United do have um, a little bit of a jinx over Jurgen Klopp's uh, Liverpool. Remember, they're the only team to have taken points off them this season. It was a 1-1 draw back in October. Adam Lallana scoring a late equaliser for Liverpool. So it could have even ended their unbeaten run that game. It was very close to being a Manchester United victory. 
But at Anfield, surely you'd expect Liverpool to win. They are unbelievable at Anfield. 51 games without defeat in the top flight at their home ground. Uh, the atmosphere is incredible. The players are so confident at Anfield. And Manchester United are really inconsistent, aren't they? You don't know what you're going to get from them one week to the next. They, they do seem to perform a lot better against the better teams. So that's, uh, you know, a tick in their favour. But Liverpool, of course, start as huge favourites for this game. Well, John, there are some good games this weekend. Arsenal up against Sheffield. Chelsea play Newcastle. Manchester City will face Crystal Palace. Which special stories would you be following? Yeah, for me, the two games that stand out are the fascinating match at the London Stadium where, where former Everton boss David Moyes is up against his old club in his fourth game since taking over again as West Ham boss. And, you know, yeah, cast your mind back to last year. David Moyes was initially the favourite to take over at Everton again when Marco Silva was sacked. In the end, they went for Carlo Ancelotti. Moyes went to West Ham. I was at Everton at the weekend and David Moyes was sitting a few rows in front of me. He'll be desperate to, to beat his old club. And a big game in the relegation battle. You've got Norwich City, who are bottom, taking on second from bottom, Bournemouth. It's a must-win for both teams because Norwich are eight points away from safety. And Bournemouth are in free fall. They've only won one of their last 11 Premier League matches. So that is going to be a fascinating game. The quality might not be at its highest, but for drama, that is the game to watch, I think, George, this weekend. John, then let's end with transfer news. Which big names have been linked with the English Premier League's top six this week? And what are the potential deals? Yeah, the one to watch is an African football star, uh, Mbwana Samata, or Ali Samata, as uh, his friends call him. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Ali Samata is a, is, is a really good player. He's done very well for Genk. He scored 23 goals last season as they won the title for the first time in eight years. And, of course, he helped Tanzania to qualify for the Cup of Nations for the first time, and I think it was 39 years. And he's a hero in Tanzania. He will be the first ever Tanzanian player to, to play in the Premier League. Looking as though he'll sign for Aston Villa, that's if all the paperwork goes through. You've got various complications like the work permits, etc. Uh, in terms of the other moves, Ashley Young's on his way to Inter Milan. He's got his medical today. Uh, his contract was up at the end of the season at Manchester United, but he wanted to go early to Inter Milan. And I don't blame him as well because Inter Milan are in um, a good position to, to, to push Juventus all the way in the Serie A title race. In terms of other deals, possibly a quiet week next week. And I think then it'll really start getting busy as we head towards the deadline. But of course, it's the panic buy season. So the clubs that are really well run, they won't make many deals over the next two weeks. Well, the BBC John Bennett there. I see some of your messages. Bruno Fernandes. Okay, I see. Manchester United fans are hoping for a surprising, not a surprising, but they're hoping for a very good booth there. We'll be talking about the transfer shortly, but that was the BBC's John Bennett right there with the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. Now, can we check into Joy Sports? Moses, you want to find out which games are lined up for us this weekend. Quite a lot. Great games across Europe.
Guys, from winning the Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia, Real Madrid will resume their La Liga campaign this weekend with a home game against Sevilla. Los Blancos are currently second to Barcelona in Spain's top flight on goal difference. But Barcelona's new manager, Kike Setien, who begins his dugout duties for the club this Sunday, hopes they maintain their top spot when they host Granada. Atletico Madrid travel to Eibar. The Serie A match at Allianz Stadium on Sunday will see home team Juventus fighting it out with Parma. Juve are now top of the league, two points above Inter Milan, who are away to Lecce. Napoli are at home to Fiorentina and Udinese travel to AC Milan. The German Bundesliga resumes this weekend after the Christmas break with leaders RB Leipzig are home to Union Berlin, hoping to continue their momentum from last year. Elsewhere, second place Munchen Gladbach travel to Schalke. Hertha Berlin will welcome champions Bayern Munich, while Dortmund travel to Augsburg. And English football's two most successful clubs meet once again this weekend in the latest installment of their fierce rival. League leaders Liverpool facing the only side to have taken point of them so far this season in Manchester United on Sunday. Elsewhere, Chelsea travel to Newcastle. Watford will welcome Spurs. Arsenal host Sheffield United and champions Manchester City host Jordan Ayus Crystal Palace. Uh, Joy Sports Moses Yabwa there. And remember, we've got live commentary for you. Uh, Joy 99.7 FM. We're bringing you Liverpool versus Manchester United. Now, let's talk about the transfers. the next seven minutes we'll be just checking out what we've got there I've got two gentlemen joining me in studio Bill Ishan Bill how are you doing this afternoon George I'm fantastic yeah it's good to have you here of course Rick Wampo for joining me as well Rick how are you doing I'm well I'm well I'm well okay so that's part one I'm, I'm expecting the transfer window to get much busier uh, you know next week so next week we'll be doing this again as we build that to the joint transfer countdown show that will be on on the 31st so it's really good to have you guys here again so um, welcome from, can we start with Bruno Fernandes Manchester United fans are still checking out their phones even though the network is pretty poor for quite a number of them <laughs> they, they want to know what's happening with Bruno Fernandes uh, are, are we right in what we're receiving his pressure in sporting Lisbon to do something now Wow, Bruno's deal is a bit complicated uh, because uh, it's been, it's, it's more or less like a deja vu because United fans are used to this, uh, you know, happened last summer, uh, you know, there was a back and forth. At the point, we even were told that he was flying in for a medical, but apparently this was a hoax according to several reports that United really never went for him. But this time, there seems to be some material with it and, uh, you know, we've seen various tweets uh, from uh, even ex-United players, Ferdinand and all that. So definitely there is some inside information. The interest is there. And the latest report that we're getting is that Bruno Fernandes might be in the stands at Anfield on Sunday ahead of his deal. Because what was uh, stalling the deal right now is that Sporting wanted him to play that crucial game against Benfica this weekend. So hopefully that might be his last game. But United fans shouldn't be too expectant because they've been here before, they've been there before. And uh, it seems to be taking quite a lot of time. And even through all this wait, 
Spurs have got a Fernandez themselves from yeah, Portugal, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's a bit confusing as to whether you know they're going to get him or not. But one thing is clear: United need an attacking uh. midfielder, and Bruno could be the answer. Well, let's stick with Manchester United, shall we? Because this discussing about whether Harry Maguire should be the captain after Ashley Young left. Okay, so first point or first question for you is Ashley Young has left. It's good news or bad news if you look at it from Manchester United point of view. Well, a lot of Manchester United fans have been on his case since he took the full-back position. Yeah. Uh, they've been saying that he's not been playing well, he's been doing this, he's been doing that. I think this is their answer now. So they he's should be leaving. Happy. They should be happy because now they have they have a proper right-back in Wan-Bissaka mm. who they've been praising since the start of the season <laughs> that nothing gets past him. So they shouldn't be worried about Ashley Young leaving. But I think Conte can use him and can use him very well because mm. Ashley, Young, Ashley Young has proven that he's very good at the wing-back position and that is something that Antonio Conte has been needing in his Inter Milan side. He usually plays, deploys a 3-5-2 formation mm. and Ashley Young will be a perfect fit for Inter Milan. Okay, so let's keep it there. Uh, the Manchester United fans are hoping it. But um, Rick, I don't know why I have to stick with that, but what, what do you think? Harry Maguire uh, must have said De Gea should have been the captain, not Maguire. That, that would have been easier probably a year ago because De Gea would have been you know miles ahead in terms of the, his performance and contribution to the team. But it hasn't been a good season for himself uh, this this year round, and uh, it looks as if uh, he's still a bit distracted. But he's he's still De Gea, and if I had to choose between the two of them, I'll probably have to uh, you know bend slightly towards the Spaniard because. I believe that he has that longevity when it comes to Manchester United and he most likely understands what it means to play for the badge uh, than Harry Maguire who just joined last summer. And I, I think that that would be uh, the tiebreaker between the two sides. The fact that De Gea has been with the club, knows the club, and you know, has won various Player of the Year awards. So he's part of their culture and uh, that would be the perfect embodiment uh, for a leader for United. Oh, we've got some news there. Uh, Bill Sun from, I know, about Magic Warriors. Yeah, uh, Majid Waris, he's been going through a lot, you know. Mm. After playing for... Now we are going through a lot. Of oh, us. yeah. Oh, 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 I understand. Well, yeah. <laughs> I will. But, yeah, uh, after playing for Nantes on loan last season, he transferred back to Porto, which is his parents' club. But yeah. he has been frozen out since then. He's been playing for the B side and not the A side. And so, Strasbourg saw an opportunity and decided to make the move. And now it has been confirmed. Majid Waris will feature for Strasbourg, who are currently 12 in the League One. So, he's coming back to League One, and I hope he produces the goods for his new club. Well, Oriko, let me stick with you. Let's go to the Serie A right now. Yes, Lade Brahimovic will be the main man everybody is talking about. Scott Goyal on his debut. We've got Mandzukic as well. Um, that's an interesting one. I'm just listing them so you go on to them. And of course, Gabriel Barbosa into Inter Milan. Uh, now, how does that change things in these clubs? I think for, for AC Milan, uh, it was uh, more of a marketing move, I would presume, uh, uh. you know, to bring in his last. And I, I, he says that his body cannot do, uh, you know, what he used to do anymore. But So he has to run less and shoot more. And uh, Zlatan, we know, has a very powerful right foot. And, you know, even getting his first goal, you know, over the last weekend, uh, it wasn't his right foot, it was his left foot. So it shows that hmm. he has strength in both feet. But I think that what Zlatan brings beyond the pitch is relevant and that is something that was going a bit low in terms of you know AC Milan Inter Milan they've gained the relevance yeah again you know with their title charge but for AC Milan it looked as if a team that was heading mm. for you know a very very uh, downward spiral a very deep one because 
they they were just getting out of existence. And if you ask any person or any football person who started watching football two, three years ago, they probably wouldn't know AC Milan. And ten years ago, that wasn't the case. Almost everyone wanted to support them. So it's a uh, it's more or less like baby steps as to get him back to the top. Of course, uh, he would help them in terms of getting good results and chipping in with a few goals. But I think that was that and would bring us a lot of attention to yeah. AC Milan now. Everyone will want to find out how he's faring uh, because he talks a lot. And everyone will be looking forward to AC Milan Juventus. That's a new angle, uh, you know, as to uh, regaining your relevance. Uh, for Manzikic, I was a bit... Is it the end? Is it the end for Zlatan? Can we ever Ma- say Mazukic, Mazukic, yes. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought you were about to say the end for Zlatan. No, no, Mazukic. It, it never ends for Zlatan. He could end up in the Ghana Premier League. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, Mazukic. But for Mazukic, I, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't take up uh, the Manchester United move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my initial thoughts have been confirmed with this move that he's made. Uh, clearly, he's after money. Mm. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If you look at his CV, he's achieved... Everything he could have possibly achieved. So at this point, yes, you money. have to stack the bag following the likes of, you know, our own captain Asamoajan and all that. So, <laughs> well, yes. well, 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 yeah, it's not, not to stop you. He has, to, he has to secure the bag. Yeah, we need so. to jump, uh, you know, pretty quickly. We've got um, the Australia Open to talk about with yeah. Russell Fuller joining us. But then let's look at this. Uh, Gabriel Barbosa in Tamilan. I think he, he returns uh, from his loan, yeah, yeah. Flamingo. He, he, he He's good enough, uh, but, you know, with Inter Milan being linked uh, with Giroud, I presume Conte probably does not favor him. Because he could have had a say in, you know, him staying at the club. Uh, but uh, the fact that he's never mentioned that, I just cease to think that maybe he doesn't want him. And he just loves that partnership between Lukaku and Lotaro Martinez. And, you know, bringing in Giroud to back that. Esposito is also another option. But mm. for Conte, you know, you know Conte already. When he doesn't like you, he doesn't like you. Yeah, so I would advise Gabriel to find another move. And, you know... I think he's a good talent. He showed that in Brazil. And for Cutroni, uh, it's just been a bad patch for him. You know, he moved from uh, AC Milan because he was in the shadow of Piantic and uh, he ended up going to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Never really, uh, you know, went well for him. Fell into the shadow of Jimenez and now he's back in Italy with Fiorentina. So it's a good chance for him. But I'm sad because he's going to be giving competition to a Ghanaian striker. That's Kevin Prince Barton, who himself hasn't been getting, an, you know, a large time. number of game time. So All right. makes it interesting. Okay, Bill, let's just wrap it this way. In 30 seconds, can you go through um, the moves we have in the Liga and the Bundesliga? Just run us, run us through that. Yeah, uh, Dejan Kluveski has come to Juventus from Parma. He's a very young talent. Now, Ada Turan has come back to Barcelona. His loan contract was terminated by Basakshir. Todibo from Barcelona has also moved to Schalke 04. Carlos Anjana has moved to Real Betis. Alexander Neubel has moved to Bayern. He would give a uh, competition to Manuel mm. Neuer, mm. Erling Haaland to Dortmund, and Julian Weigel surprisingly has moved to Benfica. Thank you very much, Bill. Sean, thank you very much, Rico and Buffer, for joining me on the show. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
Melinda Bencic has taken out the top seed and defending champion of the U.S. Open. Djokovic is retiring. Mr. Djokovic has Djokovic is retiring. The champion is out. It's really good. I mean, <laughs> to be in yet another final, it seems honestly crazy. I really don't know what, what to say. It's a dream come true playing against Serena in the finals of the U.S. Open. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Tennis next on the locker room and the first Grand Slam of a 2020 season is upon us. Surely the Australian Open begins in three days despite the backdrop of raging bushfires that have devastated parts of Australia. Serena Williams bids for a record equaling 24th Grand Slam singles title. The old guards, Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer are still expected to be the men to beat in Melbourne. We look forward to special weeks with shocks, disappointments and ecstasy in equal measure to come. So let's get a bit of a perspective right now ahead of the action. And joining me from Melbourne, Australia is the BBC senior tennis commentator, writer and reporter, Russell Fuller. Thank you very much, Russell, for your time on The Locker Room. And Happy New Year to you since it's your very first of many on my show. Well, bushfires across Australia have killed at least 28 people and an estimated half a billion animals since September, with more than 10.3 million hectares of land destroyed and air quality in some areas reaching dangerous levels at various points. How will this feature affect the quality of play this season? Yes, even before I stepped out of the plane, just coming in and making the final approach to Melbourne Airport, it was very, very clear that there was a big, big problem with the quality of the air and the amount of smoke in the atmosphere. The sun was completely obscured. It was like landing somewhere in the UK, perhaps, on a foggy autumnal day. It was a really sobering experience. Things improved throughout the day. The quality of the air improved. It still wasn't great when play got underway three hours late, but they were able to play for a number of hours. Heat and humidity, probably the worst issue for the players today. Now, though, the rain, heavy thunderstorms, courts look like paddling pools, and players being suspended. Well, the principal fires are to the east and the northeast of Melbourne and most of those are around about 200-250 kilometres away from the city so it's really only when there is an easterly wind or a uh, wind from the northeast blowing the smoke Melbourne's way that the city has a problem and therefore the Australian Open has a problem. Looking at the forecast for the next few days, I think rain is going to give the schedulers the biggest headache. There may well be some delays over the next 72 hours. And I suspect throughout the Australian Open, we might have the odd hold up when the air quality reading becomes too bad for play to continue and smoke is over the city. But I don't think, judging by the latest forecast that it's something that will cause major major delays day after day after day a lot of players were unhappy and looking at the pictures and reading what people were saying i felt that they got it spectacularly wrong yesterday there was no need for players to have to play in conditions like that and we saw the results on court the australian open do like to test players out and even though they get very little wrong at these championships it's incredibly popular and successful with the players there have been times where people have felt the players have been asked to play in brutally hot and humid conditions. And I think yesterday they got that wrong. They say that the players and the staff and the fans are their number one priority. And I don't doubt that at all. But I think maybe they need to be a little bit more flexible. When the air quality becomes inferior, then they should call the players off the court. They don't have a public number which they say, right, off we go. <laughs> 
Russell, let's end with your expectations of the emerging forces. Russia's Daniel Medvedev and Greece's Stefanos Tsitsipas clearly stand out. Who else would you be looking out for? Nicole Gibbs of the United States. As for Craig Tiley, tournament director, he says they start on time, they finish on time. It's rain more than poor air quality that's likely to be the big issue for him over the next few days. But all being well, things will get underway on Monday. And what a first-round match we have to look forward to again between Venus Williams and Coco Goff. They met in the first round of Wimbledon in July. The 15-year-old beat the 38-year-old. Williams is now 39, and they'll do battle once more. They are in the same quarter of the draw as Venus's sister Serena who starts against Anastasia Potapova Naomi Osaka the soon to be retiring Caroline Wozniacki also in that section and they're in the same half as Australia's big hope the world number one Ash Barty who'll start against Lizia Tsurenko of Ukraine and the highlights from the men's draw Rafa Nadal starts against Hugo Delian of Bolivia defending champion Novak Djokovic against Jan Leonard Struff and it's Roger Federer who will be Novak Djokovic's potential semi-final opponent. They're in the same half of the draw with Nadal in the other. Thanks, Russell.